a Shishkin Productions podcast. Why is Uber Eats bringing me my AirPods? <laughs> That's the real question. <laughs> what kind of dystopian future is this that we're living in? What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome Yo. to another episode of the Sizzle Real Podcast. Welcome. Going strong. We're we're just a mere months away from our 100th episode. Oh my God, we are. And I guess now's the time to unveil it. Uh, we haven't been telling anyone. we kind of been doing word of mouth, but now it's going to sure. hit the airwaves. Our 100th episode, we're going to be doing it live. Yep. We That's already right. we've secured a location. Mm-hmm. We don't know the exact date. I think sometime in August, maybe. I think it's going to be sometime in August. Yeah, we sec- we secured a location. We're going to be doing it here in uh, in Bushwick. Yep. Um, it'll be at Wandering Barman. Yeah, same, uh, same location as our <laughs> our mixers, yeah. our, our networking events. Basically, the it's like where the HQ goes when the HQ needs liquor. <laughs> um, we uh, every uh, day. <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to be there. It's going to be very, very, very limited tickets. So keep yeah. an eye. Watch this space. Listen to this space. Because uh, I think what we're going to... I'm thinking 12 tickets. Is, 12 is, tickets? That sounds about right. Look, there's going to be more details. The best way to find out about them is to follow us on Instagram and right. Twitter. Yes. At Sizzle Real Gang. Hell yeah. Professional <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, or send us an email just asking for tickets. SizzleRealGang at gmail.com. If, maybe, maybe there will be some. If you email us asking for tickets, I will put you on the list and you will get tickets. Or you could call the Sizzle Real cold line. 332-333-4361. And yeah, call you can in. ask. If you call in and like leave a message saying, hey, I want tickets to the Sizzle Reel 100th episode live show. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Not only will you get tickets, we'll play that on the show. Yeah, why not? Maybe uh, we'll play it live on the 100th episode. We should. We got to do something. So as you guys can tell, this it's pretty half-baked. It's still in the works, but God no, damn it, will never. it be a fun show? It's going to be amazing. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a live DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Playing tw- while we're talking. He's going to play people in. Yeah, we're going to have people going to have theme songs, have rotating guests. We're going to have probably six guests, and we're going to do a power hour. Oh my God, there's going to be a power hour. One of those things is true. I don't know which <laughs> one, but one of them is going to happen. I don't think we're going to be able to do there's all gonna of them. It's going to be activities and festivities. All um, the activities. No Chris, cavities. No nativities, oh, though. Okay. No, you know, it's, this, this is a strictly a secular pod. Yeah. Um, we're coming at you from the shishkin.com podcast <laughs> arena brought to you by Crypto Studios. <laughs> Whatever the fuck this is. Crypto.com podcast arena brought to you by Shishkin Productions. I don't even know what we're called anymore. We're slowly getting back into like the groove of being back in I'm the back, office. Back, back in, in the New York, York groove. groove. That's a shout out to Bill Waters. He loves that song. It's a great um, song. AKA Engineer Will. Um, I just got back from Rhode Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was up there recording some music. Um, you know, the the session got cut short, unfortunately, but the days mm-hmm. have been moved to October. One thing that happened while I was up there, though, lost my AirPods. Tisk, tisk. I did it. I lost my AirPods. And you know what the name of these AirPods was? It was AirPods 2 won't get lost again. But, <laughs> but they got lost. So now I got a third AirPods on the way. Um, Chris. 
Uh, that is why I'm checking my phone and shit is because yeah. I already missed one delivery today. <laughs> well, look, I don't think you missed the delivery. I think they didn't contact you. I'm just in shock that my AirPods are being delivered via Uber Eats. That's, that's, that's so just, wild. It's crazy it to me. doesn't make sense. It was like, it was a button. It was like, track your order, like off the Apple website. I was like, yeah. oh, cool. Track shipment. And it's like, track shipment. And then take me to Uber Eats page. That's like your order's being prepared it's like man my airpods ain't no ain't no food a- apple's a three trillion dollar company and they don't even hire their own like delivery service no, yeah they'll just contract out uber eats it's Why just not? so funny because it's like one billion dollar company hiring another one yeah it's like oh man well okay how I much that works do you think you're supposed to tip 20 percent <laughs> for the uber eats guy well, well the craziest part is they don't even give you a tip uh oh damn yeah so you buy it and then they go it's I mean, you pay a fee. I paid nine dollars to get it okay. delivered within two hours by a private courier. But that private courier is see, just Uber Eats. See, it's I don't understand why I think this way. But if it was an actual private courier service, I'd feel a whole lot better than if it's just Uber Eats. No offense to Uber Eats yeah. or seamless drivers. But like I, I just you don't. Yeah, I, I it, feel, it feels a little bit off to have like a two hundred dollar yeah. thing delivered by. Yeah, someone seamless. Who, like someone just delivered a four for four and then they're swinging by to go pick up a <laughs> fucking four thousand dollar MacBook. Right. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's like just, you know, they call like, it, uh, do they put it in their in their hot box? That, that goes yeah, on? it has to be in the hot box. One day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Probably. Maybe one time I got something delivered and it was a. Uh, the bag was all wet because it was raining. So I guess they just had it out on their bike. Oh, no. But I mean, the, the laptop or whatever I got was fine. The bag was just wet. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So, uh, Chris, that's that's what I've been up to. I, I got lost my AirPods yeah. and uh, also was working remote this last this past week. Sure. Um, so working finally working on the new MacBook, you know. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? It's I got a, my, my first taste at Tree Fort and then a little bit more, uh, you know, on the way to Vegas. Yeah, it's great. The battery life is awesome. Oh, um, dude, it works it's incredible. It, it works really well. And actually, like the added screen real estate is nice. Um, the one thing the my big complaint, and this is just probably the way that I use the computer, but my complaint mm-hmm. is that the mouse pad is just too big. Yeah, I don't mind it. So like I recently put I, I always put protectors on on everything like. Yeah. So my mouse pad has one, but it's. It's just sized weird. Like it doesn't yeah. totally fit. You can kind of see how it's bubbling around the edges and I'm, I'm probably just going to take it off. I, I just don't like that. It's, it's so massive. big because a lot of the time, like I'll be doing something. Is. Exactly. I'll be doing something and it'll register as like a two finger click when it shouldn't be or like something will scroll over. Mm-hmm. It's like, God damn it. I'm not trying to do that. See, I uh, virtually never edit without a mouse. Like even on my laptop, I cannot stand editing yeah. without a mouse. It drives me crazy. Um, one thing that happened while I was editing was uh, somehow, I guess it was some sort of bug or something, but it just like ran out of application memory and I had to like, and Premiere crashed on me. And I, it was a, I was using uh footage, 4k anamorphic footage that it had to like de-squeeze. And okay. I was also using footage off 4k footage, 60 frames a second off of an iPhone. And I was using, uh, you know, sound, the hell that, you sound, sound that was, was this, recorded separately off of like Will's road stuff? wireless stuff. Yeah. We were just shooting some okay. random stuff for Will or for John. For, okay. Yeah. So I was just making like a little vlog, but little personal project. Yeah. So it had like 4k off of an iPhone, um, 4k anamorphic off of a Panasonic GH five. It also had audio, um, two different wave audio files from, uh, those road wireless mics. So it was a lot of different stuff. I didn't transcode any of it, of course. 
and then essential graphics accidentally opened up and that's when everything no. crashed. So oh. I think that it's just like essential graphics. The essential graphics panel, um, it does great stuff, I'm sure, but it really eats up so much like memory. Even on the computers here when I oh, open yeah. it, it, everything slows down. It's like Yeah, because it has all those little previews for the, the, the presets and all that. Yeah. And it's like, that's nice. It's great, but it it's just too much sometimes. It's definitely not essential. No. It's not no. essential for my computer to slow down while I'm working. I don't really fuck with the essential graphics panel. I, I feel like it's an extra step that I just don't really appreciate. And it takes up real estate on my screen that yeah. I don't want it to. Like, it's just one more panel to worry about. I get it. It's fine, but it's not for me. Um, what did, uh, what did you get up to while I was gone? You were running the ship over here, you know? Yeah, it was a, a pretty quiet week. All, all things told, I had, uh, a tree fort recap, like the full oh, recap, the video. recap video. Yeah. I think I did that on Monday. They loved it. Did they actually? Yeah. Cool. I felt, I felt a little bit weird because there was a lot of it that I, tr I tried to change some of the cuts and like include different shots, but Here's the thing. The full recap uses the same songs as the daily recaps. Right. I have the same footage, the same selects, and my brain works in the same way. Like I, I gravitate towards specific cuts and like trying to make things happen at certain moments. Yeah. So for the most part, I just kept those things and I, I kind of went through each and every shot. And every time I thought a shot could be upgraded, I looked to upgrade it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, kind of how I navigate. Hey, I mean, it makes sense. Like that's how I always cut them too. I, I always, the first thing I do is I take the five daily recaps, like day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Mm -hmm. I take all of the video from there. I, I just take the whole thing and I put all five of them back to back. That's exactly and what I did. From there, I get rid of the shit that I don't like. And I, hit I remove all gaps and then I kind of remix the songs keep condensing and, yeah. yeah and and I did something similar where I I picked out the four you know there were five songs but I was only going to work with four of them and I kind of decided which order made the most sense for the video like yeah. I wanted something you know fun and spicy up top to, to get you into it mm -hmm. and then I also wanted to fi finish with what was like my favorite song for the week and then in between you have a little grungier like punk stuff or whatever yeah. that kind of just can be I don't want to call yeah, it filler but yeah, it's geese yeah exactly everyone loves geese geese are great except yeah. for that one goose at UNF I fuck I don't fuck with that yeah fuck that goose I fuck that goose that goose up <laughs> oh you ran into it with your car didn't you no I wanted to it uh, would have cost like five thousand dollars. Yeah. Chris, uh, if if the people who are listening aren't aware, I think you, you were late to class one time because a goose oh, blocked your car so in or something. So many times, so many times, because we had uh, like goose crosswalks at our, at our <laughs> <laughs> my college was on a nature preserve, so there are lots of animals. And it's a great place to build it. A lot, of, a lot of geese, so. Hey, we're trying to preserve this area for nature. Great. Let's build a college in a city that is full of car commuters. Yeah, it, exactly. It's a commuter campus is the yeah. funniest part, yeah. Um, so Chris, uh, yeah, so that was tree Fort. you did the tree Fort thing last week. Yeah. They didn't have any notes. There's nothing to do. No, I'll tell you what they wrote. They said, uh, one of them, Megan said all caps, OMG, G, 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 G crying emoji, crying, crying emoji. <laughs> and then in all caps, I love it so much. Okay. And then Rachel said, wow, all caps. Wow. With a lot of O's. I want to go to that fest. So wow, they really loved your work. You made an impression. Some of the only clients that like make me feel good about an edit. 
Yeah, yeah, they're they're amazing. I mean, like, yeah, they're by far the the best. You know. Um, yeah. So so after Tree Fort, the rest of my week did not get better. Tree Fort was a high. Uh, then, you know, there's this project we've been working on for like two months now. It was supposed to wrap a month ago. And yeah. it's just still kind of going back and forth. I delivered V11 yesterday for reference um, when I think there was supposed to be a total of six versions on the original calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where it's <clears> wild. the way I'm understanding it is so. So before we started this project, like two or three months before we it was even shot, uh, this company basically pitched or like sent us the pitch deck that they had sent to the stakeholders and they walked us through what the video was going to be uh, mm. so that we we knew if we would be interested in it or mm. not and you know if, if they pitched it to us then obviously they pitched it to the stakeholders right. and it seems like now there's like a miscommunication where the stakeholders yep. were expecting something different which doesn't make sense to uh, me. i think what it comes down to is that like no matter how much they tried to give them this previs and like this deck and go, Hey, this is what this is. I think that, you know how it is. Like when you're talking to people above you mm-hmm. and especially if they're like at way higher ranks, yep, they either don't have time to look at it. They just don't really care enough or they just actually can't visualize yeah, they can't it until it like is in front of them. And I, uh, my guess is that that's probably what happened. And I so by the time, it, by the time it got to them, they were like, oh, that's what you meant. No, we were thinking this. And now it's like, okay, well now we have to try to take all of these, you know, puzzle pieces that were meant to fit this way mm-hmm. and reassemble them in a way that resembles what, you know, exactly. The, the people at the top wanted, but, the, but there's no, no, no additional shoot days right. or anything. Like there's only so much we can do with graphics. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah. We're kind of at the point where we're just like spinning our wheels and, and going back and forth. And look, so it's weird. Cause some of the, some of the things we've done have made the video better without a doubt, but also some of it is like, it feels like busy work at, at a point. It's like, are you just giving notes to give notes where, I mean, where it gets me is like, the I know I'm not maybe I'm not the intended audience I don't really know mm-hmm. I, I think I've told you this before is like from the f- very probably like the third version or the fourth version is where I w- was like oh this this is cool this is mm-hmm. actually a pretty cool video and it's good and gets across all the points yeah like I thought that from like not the first version but like I said the third or fourth version now you're saying like we're on 11, right? Yep. And I feel like I've told the people too. I've been like, guys, I, I think this is a good video. Like, I don't think that it's bad. It just in my opinion, I really don't think that it's a bad video. But, you know, I don't know, whatever. Like if it if it's not what they're looking for, it's not what they're looking for. I guess like all you can do is uh, is just keep. Uh, well, it just seems like they're. get to tr- Keep messing with it until you get it right from whoever is approving this yeah i mean we're just kind of getting lost in the sauce with it like like it it feels like people have like that team has forgotten what the point of the video was and it's like watch the video tell me if it's getting the points across that you want it to and if Mm -hmm. it is then why why are we still going through and like we're changing the look of lower thirds on v11 like that's just for reference yeah it's Like, like why why is this coming up now yeah um all right. Well, look, before we head to the break, we got a few minutes. Um, 
I feel like NAB happened, so it, it's kind of, I mean, look, knowing the time this post, maybe something big is going to happen, but it feels like it's been kind of slow in terms of just like post-production news and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. One big thing that's happened is, uh, you know, we all know Netflix announced their Q1 uh, earnings reports, or not, was it Q1? I don't know. Maybe it was last year, the whole earnings reports, <clears throat> but basically things are down, and then Netflix's kind of response to that was, oh, uh, well, it's because people are sharing accounts and like, mm. you know, in reality, like actually our footprint is way bigger, blah, blah, blah. Um, either way, all that aside, they just opened a their Rome office last week uh, and Reed Hastings, uh, you know, obviously ha- had some stuff to say about, you know, what Netflix is excelling at and, mm-hmm. you know, about this new office. Uh, one of the things that, was clipped here. Uh, he said, our competitors are TikTok and YouTube, right? He said, our real competitors are YouTube and TikTok. Young people have a different sensibility. We all must invest in TV and film production to prevent this art form from being crushed and keep those stories alive. Uh, agree, disagree? Um, I mean, I would say those companies could be competitors of Netflix, but... Uh, no, I think there's a reason that all of these other companies like Disney uh, and and Paramount Plus and Peacock, they've all branched off to get into the, the streaming business because there's still massive amounts of money in it. Like, yeah. I think uh, for me, I think most of that money is going to be like live sports and stuff like that. But there's absolutely still a market for movies and television. I, I don't think I'm that demographic like i'm not really seeking out new television shows or, or movies very often just because i'm so consumed in editing all day i i usually don't want to look at a screen when i get home at night yeah but no like tiktok for me is entirely different like tiktok is something that i do to just like waste a few minutes right and like i can i can tune out with with movies and and like these big production network shows you have to pay attention and like learn the characters and the story arcs and like really get invested. I don't have to do that with TikTok. YouTube, YouTube might be different. YouTube might actually be a competitor because I spend a lot of time there watching yeah. just long form. I watch yeah. a lot of long form shit on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I probably watch like 10 to 10 to 20 minute stuff a lot of the time, but then there's still like random video game episodes that are like an hour long and I'll yeah. watch them. My average video that I watch on YouTube is probably 55 minutes to an hour and five minutes yeah. somewhere in that realm because there's a few that are like 35 or 40 minutes that I watch mm-hmm. but then there's some that are like three hours but I don't watch them all at once I like oh, there's yeah. one there's one like three and a half hour video right now that I'm in the middle of that I've had to watch through two different sittings and I still probably is going to take me two more well even but, like so there's a, a podcast that I listen to all the time it's more or less a daily podcast but they also have uh, like a YouTube live stream a couple days of the week and I'll just like watch that during lunch sometimes and it'll take me a week to get through an episode yeah. but you know it's like 10 or 20 minutes at a time I'll just right. it's nice to have a little visual aid um I kind of agree with what he's saying that the real competitors are YouTube and TikTok I don't really think about it from a financial perspective or from like the quality of what they're making I think of it more from like a time, like how much time are people spending on those platforms and like, and, and eyeballs really, that's what it comes down to is like, it's, 
it just YouTube and TikTok are both like such better products because the average piece of content on there that, you know, gets views has a incredibly lower uh, cost to produce. So it just it just makes sense that YouTube and TikTok are like better for business. However, that's the thing is, you know, Netflix is Netflix's role and all of those companies roles, Apple TV. This is why like we were talking about this in the office the other day. This is why I really think Apple Plus or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably one of the best streaming services is because I feel like at this point, because user generated content and stuff like that's direct to consumer like YouTube and TikTok those things are so strong and so good at bringing people on board and along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's no longer like the job of, of broadcast and of like um, streaming apps. I think now like Apple TV is a great example. They, you're really supposed to be like just premium as fuck. Like you have to, there has to be a reason for people to tune in. You know, you have to get either big names or you have to tell like crazy stories or you have to be able to do it at such a high value yeah. that it justifies people going like, okay, you know, this is different. And it, it's just a, such a different experience than YouTube and TikTok. Like everything yeah. I watch there is like random people just making shit, you know, it's like DIY. Exactly. Well, yeah, with, with these streaming services, every every single one of them has to have what at least four to five flagship shows right to make it worth it um and you know for netflix you know it was stranger things for a while netflix got big because they had the library of everyone like all the classics and they were they they were the first ones there yeah and then they kind of started making their own stuff and and getting a little reputation based on that apple has ted lasso and some others like every i don't know what peacock has they probably have peacock i think just runs off of like it's old nbc glory days so (laughs) the snl and the office yeah right paramount has is it yellowstone i think it's called yeah and didn't they also have yellow jackets maybe they did see that's the thing is yellow jackets i don't i don't have most of these like i don't i don't watch tv like that so yeah. i don't know exactly what is where anymore i just wait till the buzz gets to me and then i'll i'll just download it right um i don't know yeah it, for me i think it would be really interesting if a i'm waiting for the first streaming company to streaming platform whatever to step in and go and i'm i'm like it's it's really weird. I want them to step in and go to like a YouTuber or a TikTok creator or anyone who's like DIY and go, hey, we want you to make stuff for us. And not that that hasn't happened because that happens. They they always like bigger companies and especially agencies for ads mm-hmm. will try to like hire YouTubers or hire TikTokers to do stuff. Right. But usually at that juncture, it stops that the product changes, you know what I well, mean? Yeah. And it's not the same product. I think it would be cool if like Netflix went to like a YouTuber and were like, Hey, can you make a show for us? Like pitch us a show or pitch us a couple concepts. The one we like most will green light it and you can just make it your way. We're not going to touch it. And then it'll just live on Netflix. And then like you can clip shit out for your own YouTube channel or something like that. Um, I think that would that would be interesting to see. You know what I mean? Uh, I think if they did it, it would probably flop. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see. It's I mean, there is a, a, a lot of 
it's it's a lot of viewers that you could get that probably aren't currently paying for Netflix just based on like YouTube's demographics. But that's the thing is like a lot a lot of what makes TikTok and YouTube so accessible is that it's free. Like exactly. That's yes, it's supported by ads, but or you know, well, da- da- data gathering, but you know, there's, there's no, there's no cost of entry. You know that they're stepping into that, that model. I think, I don't know if it's Netflix. I think I read that Peacock, I could be very wrong on this, but I think it's Peacock are going to be like airing ads now, like during the, not airing them, but there was something about them putting in like weird product placement shit or yeah, I don't really know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't read the story, but I, when I'm already paying for a, a product, I, you know, that's, I'm paying to not be advertised at, to be honest. Yeah, here we go. This was three days ago. Peacock and Amazon Prime, uh, Peacock and Amazon Prime Video reveal virtual product placement ads. So it says, uh, they're in-scene ads, uh, will reportedly permit a brand's product and or messaging to be seamlessly blended with content during post-production to ensure viewers don't miss advertisements during the most appropriate scenes. So... Uh, this was all announced at New Fronts. Basically, uh, they're adding or they're inserting these ad experiences into the content. So now it's going to be like, uh, my guess is, you know, like, I don't, I don't even understand. Like here it says, not to be outdone, Amazon has begun inserting virtual product placements of its own uh, to subconsciously showcase brands as such as M&Ms to viewers. So maybe there's a... Like on the ET, counter. right? ET, there's Reese's. Like mm-hmm. the, the ET eats the Reese's or whatever. Sure. So I guess if you're watching it, you'll see a little Reese's ad come up. Possibly. I mean, look, I know I, I can't speak specifically on it because I don't remember, but definitely in the past, I've seen older movies or older TV shows that are airing in syndication or something like that. And there's a product that is definitely inserted in post somehow because it's like a, a newer product replacing what was a different product when that thing was shot. Like right. just kind of updating it and making it more relevant, I guess, and also getting some ad dollars on the side. So maybe it's shit like that where like maybe they shoot it in a way where there's like on on a fridge, there's instead of a bunch of pamphlets for like, you know, your local Chinese restaurant. Yeah. It's just a blank green piece of paper that they can digitally insert. Right, right, right. Updated ads and on. So you go, we, we have this ad space that you can buy mm-hmm. and it's good for the length of our contract with Netflix. So if this movie is on Netflix for six months mm-hmm. and then say we renew the contract, then you have to renew your ad spot or it goes to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's cool. And if it's that subtle, that's great. If shit is popping up on my screen, that's not great. That's where I land on well, it. Really. Dude, I don't know. I don't know who, if it's Amazon prime, but there's, there's one of these, uh, streaming providers that when it goes to commercial, like say it's a, a commercial for a local for, for like Toyota on the side, it'll tell you your nearest Toyota dealership. And like that to me is that's where the boundary is. Like that's already a step too far for me. It's yeah. like, look, I know, you Hulu, know, Hulu who, does that all the time. Maybe it's Hulu then. Like, I know, you know who I am, but don't tell me it like that. Like, don't, yeah. don't put out my data. Don't, don't just wave it in the air like that. It just makes me feel a little violated. Yeah. Are your AirPods here? My AirPods are not here. I'm getting a lot of uh, notifications. Marquise is actually texting me. He's asking, uh, he's trying to get on the pod. He wants to come on the show. 
So maybe we'll have them on next week. Oh, okay. But all I know is that after this break, we're going to crash the boards, right? Oh my God, we're crashing the yeah, boards. We're going to crash the boards. Normally, we have someone else on to crash the boards. This time, it's just me and you crashing those MF and boards. Yeah. Uh, final thing I'll say about uh, advertising on streaming platforms. That better be only for the free ones. If you're fucking paying money and oh, you're being dude. advertised to... You're going to be paying money for it. You think so? Yeah. You think that we're going to pay money and be advertised to? We basically already pay money for the right to be advertised at all the time. (sighs) Bro. If I I, like, honestly, if it it, like, I don't have much to cancel because I usually just steal other people's accounts. But Mm -hmm. if HBO starts advertising to me, I'm going to have to cancel HBO. That's all I can say. I think I I don't think I I think you'll be good there. I think HBO knows better. All right. We'll be right back. Look, we've been doing the show for a while, and Wandering Barman... Wandering Barman? They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails, and they're pre-made. Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7, $5 cocktails. So if you want an old-fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, $5? If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm, $5. And if you want a Diet Pepsi? I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. Oh. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at 315 Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, 5 to 7. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Welcome back, listeners. Sizzlers. Sizzlers. Sorry. It's Come been, on, It's been Chris. so long. It's been so long. Jeez, disrespecting the Sizzlers right out the gate like that. I know, I know. Right Look, out the... There, there's a lot bait. of stuff going on, and we're, and we're very distracted. I'm super distracted. My yeah. AirPods got stolen. Yeah, they definitely got stolen by the seamless driver. Unbelievable. Or Uber Eats. Unbelievable. It's, it's just some bullshit. I've you been know, trying to order my AirPods for the last five and a half hours. I was afraid that maybe I'd get canceled for my take earlier about, you know, have a private courier service. I'm just saying. I mean, it fucking it seems like uh, you were right because uh, I still don't have any AirPods. So. Yeah, that's two orders in one day. One After got this, legit- legitimately canceled. This one might have been stolen. Yeah. This person I'm talking to on uh, support, they're saying, no, no, it got canceled. Uh, he said, I can confirm. They said, I can confirm it is, in fact, canceled. Okay. Like, as long know. as you're not getting charged, right? Yeah, they said that the money should be back at the end of the day. Well, um, now you, now you just have now to, have to fucking go to the store. Yeah, you got to take your happy uh, happy ass on out to the Apple Store Williamsburg on a Friday night so that you can go to sleep listening to a podcast. It's just so fucking annoying, dude. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a whole thing. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and knock uh, knock this out. All right. Um, crashing the boards. What do you got for us, Chris? You go first. All right. I'm just going to start with the I'm not going to read the whole post because it's very long and it can be summed up pretty quickly. But the title is a small vent about editing content. I don't agree with this is by Das Goose. Um, Goose. Basically, Das Goose is talking about how they're they're kind of a little left of center. um, And the person they're working with on this is even more left. But this particular event that they were covering and are editing kind of featured a lot of conservative speakers or something like that and they're just kind of coming to grips with editing content that they philosophically disagree Disagree with Um, and I I figured it'd be nice to talk about any projects that we've had or what our attitude towards bringing those projects on in the first place is 
Uh, usually it's like charge more money. <laughs> yeah, I guess hundred percent. But um, I mean, I've definitely edited stuff that like I don't think is good. Um, I don't think I've ever like edited stuff that. Now, now do you mean like good to look at or positive for the world? Oh, definitely both. Okay. Um, I mean, everything we edit in a way is not positive for the world because it's like at the end of the day, we're usually selling something. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's like ultimately a form of capitalism destroying the country yeah. or the, the planet. There's been like a couple good things, but those usually are you, you don't get paid for them. You just do them. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we've done some stuff for Red Cross pro bono yeah. a couple of times. I don't even I don't really even like know Red Cross like that, but apparently they're uh, I mean, they probably are fucked up in some ways as well right everyone is right um yeah so i don't know it i think the closest thing is like well, it's gonna sound shitty but like um well i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna say say their name because no. it's not worth it but the there was a comedian once who i edited some stuff for and it was like a a like a sketch sketch comedy video mm-hmm. that he did that i just thought was just like not funny and like Maybe would have been funny like three or four years ago, but mm-hmm. like the timing was so bad and the kind of beating a dead horse. Yeah, it just like wasn't funny. Um, and yeah, so that was probably for me. That was the one. I don't know. How about you? Have you done anything that you like disagree with? Or <clears throat> I don't know. Like kind of on the same plane. We did a, a video on uh, the last day Trump was in office, I think, or maybe the day he was voted out where it was basically a compilation of all his dumbest moments, which, like, I hate Donald Trump, but I still felt, I don't know, like, uh, it just, I felt stupid doing it. I was like, these jokes have been done, and, like, this is kind of a tired topic. And I didn't really love that. Outside of that, it was mostly news. Like, it wasn't anything specific. It was just the fact that our our job every day was to go out and and film people on the worst day of their lives. And then like we made money off of that. Like we made, I I know that news in a way is a public service, but also it's a company. It's a business that makes money off of reporting on tragedies and crime. And just, it, it made me feel pretty icky all the time. That's a, a big reason why I left. It was like half that and half the schedule and like just the, the day to day of it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm surprised that news doesn't pay more honestly. Cause like I was, um, I mean, uh, when I was in a, just a few weeks ago, I was in, down in Virginia and, uh, I was talking to someone who like does stuff, uh, at the, the news station. They're like, they over, they stay there overnight and kind of like, are they master d- control? Probably. Yeah. They're, they just stay there overnight at the thing with all the screens and then they like make sure that everything's like hitting and running. Sounds like master run. control. And I was like, oh shit, you got to work overnight. They probably pay you like pretty decent for that. And he was like, no minimum wage. I was yeah. like, what? Overnight like, is usually the lowest wage. Yeah. Like some bullshit. Well, frankly. I mean, yeah. When I, when I started out as a part-time editor, I think I made 50 cents more than minimum wage. So I think minimum was like 740 and I made eight even something like that. Yeah. Um, and even like my station was known for paying the best rates in the market and I capped out, I think, and this is in Jacksonville, Florida. I made about $44,000 after, um, all my overtime. So I'd usually get like five hours of overtime a week. So it really like, it was a living, but that's really not a lot of money. And especially for 
like always having to be on call and working crazy hours all the time and putting yourself in dangerous situations constantly. It's true. It's just not worth it. The thing is, though, that's if you're like an editor or photographer, if you're or maybe even a producer. But if you're talent, if you're on screen talent, you're probably pulling at, in Jacksonville 80K, you know, which is like a pretty solid living. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but there's probably more competition for it, right? It's more people who want to get on camera or like it's harder yeah. to, you have to, you know, go through a lot of, I mean, I would never like, want to be a reporter. It's a lot of work. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on the reporter. A lot of the reporters were just pretty faces who kind of sucked at their jobs. Yeah. Um, but if, if they're popular in the market, you know, they can negotiate a, a better contract. Yeah. Um, all right, let me move on to mine here. Uh, this one is, I don't know how to say their username. I think it's Zeger full. Uh, <laughs> they say, how often do you reach out to past clients for new work? Uh, they say most of my work is short term, so between one and five days for each project. So I often have bigger breaks and overlaps between video projects. I'm not sure how often I should write producers and ask for work if I don't have anything coming up. Um, what, what if I already wrote them two to three times before and they decline? Should I still write them or should I just wait until they reach out themselves? Uh, blah, 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 kind of stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. and then what do you say when you're reaching out? For me, I always, um, when I was freelancing and like, we didn't have stuff coming in. Um, and I still, to some extent do this, but yeah. I did this a lot when I was freelancing is basically, uh, you try to stay front of mind. Right. So like, you know, every month I would usually reach out to the couple producers I knew and I would just give them my availability for the month. I would go, Hey, uh, you know, uh, as, as as the months wrapping up, just want to let you know what my availability is like right now for the next couple months. And then I would send them the dates that I'm available mm -hmm. um, or like the dates that I'm blocked off. Like I would just like legit write them out in the email. I would write like July and then I would be like available this day to this day, this day to this day, this day to this day, August available, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I would send that to producers who I knew. I just send them those that type of breakdown and it always worked. I mean, they would always be like okay great thanks th thanks for letting us know we'll keep you in mind if anything comes up and even that just like being having that consistent dialogue it allows you to get jobs yeah that's i mean that's exactly how i would approach it too it's just sh like be tell them something like hey i'm building out my calendar for the next month or you know the next couple months um, this is what my avail availability is. Do you have any upcoming projects that you need any help on? Yeah. Something like that where like you're not outright just asking for work, but you're just letting them know that you're open to work and yeah, basically just yeah. reminding them that you're around and reminding it's, it's them a two that you exist. Yeah. It's, it's a two way street because sometimes producers, they're spinning a lot of plates and you're, you might not be front of mind. Like sometimes they forget things and just having that email there so that they don't have to go searching for, for other freelancers. Like that's, that's a pro move because you'll just be right there. They don't have to reach out to a bunch of people. They don't have to tap their network. Yeah. They just have it in their inbox and they know, Hey, all right, cool. You're free this week. I actually have something for you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to talk about the second part where they say, what if I already wrote them two to three times and they've declined? If they've actually declined and been like, I don't know what they mean by declined. I'm assuming they just said, hey, thanks for checking in. We don't have anything right now. Yeah. Then like, you know, at what point do you stop following up kind of is the question for me. Like, I, because, you know, if you've reached out a few times and like, you know, they say it's like three times that they've just been like, you know, politely been like, Hey, 
we don't have anything, but we'll hit you up when we do. That's kind of like, okay, if that happens three times, then maybe I wait a longer time before I hit them back up or I just go looking for new shit. Cause like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. You got, you got to read the room. Yeah. You definitely do have to read the room. I would, I would probably still pretty consistently hit them up just like same thing, building out my calendar. Um, and you know, if, if once they start ignoring it, that's mm-hmm. when I would stop hitting them up. If they're still yeah. replying to me and giving me that courtesy, then I'll, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they just don't actually have any extra work right now. Cause look, that's how we are. There's a lot of times where we don't have work for our freelancers. Like we'll go through a month long dry spell where it's basically just me and you editing, but then we'll have a month where we're, we're fully staffed. Like every computer is taken up for another month. That's true. Yeah. It's just kind of how it's how it goes. It ebbs and it flows. That's hundred percent right. Um, okay. Let's each do one more and then we can wrap it up and get out of here. All right. Uh, so this one, not a lot of discussion to be had here. I just thought it was interesting. This is from Snappy Retort. <laughs> Avatar 2 will have more versions than any movie in history. Um, so the NATO chief, I don't know what that means. Uh, but at CinemaCon, some guy just said that James Cameron's sequel will have more versions than any movie in history, including... IMAX, 3D, PLF, high res, high frames per second rate, variable sound systems in 160 languages, etc. I wish there was like an exact number that they had here because yeah. like just thinking about it, how many deliverables do you think that's going to be? Like I was going to say literally like, like 300, 400. I was going to say finishing on that would probably take six months to fucking begin with. And I'm not even saying finishing. I'm saying like once the picture is like locked, locked and colored and everything is done, mm-hmm. actually just like getting the deliverables out probably take like three to six months. Right? Yeah. And like you probably have like variable color grades depending on shit. Yeah. I'm sure it's James Cameron. So there's probably going to be weird 3D shit that you have to deal with. Like, yeah. are they going to release it on VHS? They should. That would be, be kind be of dope. a cool throwback. You know what I mean? Um, that's uh, yeah, that's wild. It's like and then I get I get all up uh, all upset and like in my feelings when they're like, we need a clean. I'm like a clean. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. I don't really get mad about that. But it's like so I get overwhelmed when we have to deliver like, you know, like uh, versions of stuff with like subtitles and then with like different language subtitles. And then it's like we think that we have a lot to do. Uh, and we do yeah. like five minute videos, you know what I mean? Well, Ten even videos. like right now we're on a project where basically we're doing four categories that have four people competing for each category. But somehow that is like 60 deliverables because yeah, there's nine by 16s. There's one by ones. There's individuals. There's matchups like there's yeah. just like versioning shit out and like the deliver- deliverable list is half our work these days. Yeah, I mean, but that's uh, that's kind of how it is, right? Like, yeah. especially as mediums evolve and, uh, you know, you end up with just more fragmented content. Like, mm-hmm. it used to just be like, hey, here's one piece of content. Now it's like, okay, cool. Make this piece of content and then, like, chop it up in all these other ways so we can kind of get it out everywhere to drive people back to the OG piece. Exactly, because there's just so many different places where you can get your content and every company wants to be on every platform content, man. It's, uh, it's, it's keeping us in business. Content is like a blessing and a curse. It really is. I can't, I can't with content. Um, all right. Last one. Uh, this person writes, they're called raggle gum. When is the editor 
more like a director. I was wondering mm. what others thought when an editing job felt more like a directing job, especially when insufficient direction is provided by the director. At what point do you feel that making so many creative decisions on a pro- project should be treated as a co-director? Um, I uh, direct editor. Yeah, direct editor. Uh, I um, I've been in these situations before when like you get no direction and they just let you do your thing. Yeah, a lot of that is because they trust you and they're like, mm-hmm. hey. Look, I went and captured all this and I trust you to bring this to life because I because I've worked with you. Usually it's a case of I've worked with you before and we've been through that back and forth where like at this point we've worked together enough that su- we sufficiently like understand each other mm-hmm. and that like it's unspoken. Like I can give you what I'd shot and you understand it and you can just put it together the way that like I see it. Yeah. You know, um, and that that's the key for me is that it's you've worked together before. So you've gotten to that place. I think if you jump into a brand new relationship like that and the director just like gives you nothing and just like sets you on your way, then that's a red flag in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. I I don't think that here's the thing about the that co-director title. It just doesn't make sense for an editor. No matter yep. no matter how much you actually did direction on it. The thing is, I, I know that editors don't get this kind of respect culturally, but the editor is part of the creative process. The mm-hmm. editor has a lot of creative input and because uh, otherwise they'd just be a button pusher for the director, right? Yeah. Like there's, of course the editor has some sort of direction. That's why you're on this because you know what to do with, with the puzzle pieces, you know right. how to put them together. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Someone wrote, if you ask your director for a co-director credit as their editor, be prepared to potentially get your head torn off. Yeah. One, uh, directors especially can be, you know, bigger egos. But, it, I mean, it's true. Like, you weren't, you know, you weren't on set, unfortunately. It's just a whole different... Yeah, you, you weren't part of pre-production. You, I uh, mean, most likely. Like, you, you're coming in at the, at the last minute, uh, you know, the last third of the process, and you want a co-director credit. I think some editors can get really, uh, like, kind of... Uh, they they full of themselves, yeah. Like, God in, complex, a little yeah. Bit. In terms of like, like, oh, I'm saving this. Oh, I'm 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 so creatively like you know in like uh, creatively endowed, and I can like do all this shit. Creatively endowed. I don't know I how to it. put it, man. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. some people will come in and be like, oh, without me, this is nothing. And it's like that's it's really not always true. Like, editing's like not that hard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be like I know I'm I'm saying that as a fucking editor. Yeah, I've been doing this shit for like 11 years. It's like. And 11 is not even that much, right? Like, there's people who've been editing for like 30 years, but sure. like 40. Uh, but 50. for me, 50, even 60. <laughs> but for me, 70. Like, for me, uh, it's not like that crazy. It's important, but it's not a skill that's like, it, you're not, it's not super unique. Whereas, like, as a director, Maybe you do have a really unique vision because you control all of these different facets. So maybe you can create something that really is so different as an editor. Like all you're, all you're controlling is one facet of the entire thing. So like you're not really going to necessarily create something that's like never been done before. Yeah, probably not. But I I mean, obviously the editor has a ton of power, like a lot of Basically, the whole story happens in the edit, yeah. depending on on how you cut it. You know, you, you can yeah. mislabel things or like misguide things. It uh, you can, depending on on the story, you can make it whatever you want. It's like a, 
for me, again, it just comes down to the, the partnership. There's a lot of like the reason that you see an editor get like editors and directors always work together a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Like, you know, yeah. a director will find their editor that they like and they'll work with them a lot. Editors will get credit um, a lot of the time. Right. They'll get credit up top, like yeah. before the film. So it's like, you know, that speaks for itself. Like, mm-hmm. that's what the job is, unfortunately. Like. If you want to direct, direct, go fucking direct. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. Like you, if you're on set and you're, you're really there, you're in the fucking mud, like doing everything. You're like boots on the ground, fucking directing. Then you can call yourself a co-director. Yeah. yeah. But if all you're uh, doing yeah, is yeah, sitting here, set, sure. If you're sitting there and then someone drops off a bunch of footage and then are like, edit it. And you're like, well, where, uh, you just expect me to edit this? It's like, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, I do. Like, you know, and if you're mad that they're not giving you direction, ask for direction. Yeah. Ask for a script. Gently be like, but firmly be like, yo, I, <laughs> right. I, I guess maybe that doesn't make any sense. You know, you know what I'm saying though? Like be firm, but also be cautious, be tactful. Like, don't just be like, yo, fuck you. I'm not starting this until I get yeah. a script. Instead be like, Hey, uh, got the footage all ingested it's all synced up like everything looks great um you know do you have a script that you can provide and if they're like oh no it's like well before i get started it would really help me to like have some sort of guidance so maybe can you just write down the bullet points of like what you want to see and that way i can kind of like you know make sure that i'm that we're working off the same vision yeah it's all it takes it's just communication exactly remind them that you know, we're, we're trying to build this thing together and I, you know, I want to make sure that it's what you're looking for as yeah. well. Yeah. And then also you can just dress it up as efficiency. You can be like, you know, uh, uh, we, you know, I'm sure that we both want to have an efficient post process. We're not going back and forth a million times. And the best way from my end to handle that is to have a list of bullet points that we want to hit. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so to wrap it up, I think an editor has a lot of the same, they, they run very parallel to a director. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, they both should be on point, um, but yeah, you, you're, you're the editor, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're not yeah, the director. Exactly. You can put yourself on a similar pedestal to the, the director if you want to in your mind, but you're you're the editor. Yeah. Period. You're, you're, you come after them in the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, you know what time it is. What we learned last week. That's right. What we learned last week. Uh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right. So I learned that there's a difference between acronyms and initialisms. So an acronym is something that is said like a word. For right. example, NATO, N-A-T-O. Okay. You don't say N-A-T-O. You say NATO. Right. Um, that would be an acronym. Mm-hmm. An initialism is when it's something like FBI or CIA. Like USA. USA. You don't say USA. USA. You should say, we should start saying USA. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm, uh, I'm from New York, uh, New York, New York, New York, USA. Nyusa. 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 So what's that called? An initialism? An, an initialism. Interesting. All right. Well, so I'll make sure never get that wrong again. Yeah, of course. So, so and if someone says it, that it it's an acronym, be, I'm going to call them out and ruin their moment. Well, here, here's the thing. It could be one of those like, rectangle square things where oh, a square is a rectangle I see. but a, rect- uh, a rectangle sorry, is not a square initialism is an acronym but an ac- or other way around it is it is it actually is an acronym is an initialism but initialism is not necessarily an acronym that's that's how i feel Damn. Uh, this segment is really good because people are getting to learn shit that's, yeah that's what I like if they make it. it this far look here's my here's my thing mine's very specific yeah if you're trying to order 
AirPods in fucking Brooklyn, do not order the courier same day delivery. No. Just just go to the fucking store and pick them up mm-hmm. because uh, today my AirPods have not made it here twice. So six hours, zero AirPods. Damn. So after this, I have to go to the fucking AirPods. Got to get FedEx next time. So fucking annoying. Um, all right, Chris, where can the people find us one last time? Oh, you know, we are at Sizzlereel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Sizzlereel yes. Gang at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We have like uh, some other shit. I think yeah. Shishkin Productions. Follow Tick, follow them. TikTok, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, I think the content creator intern, Flora, has been posting uh, a lot of cool TikToks. Yeah. I, I, have, I have to catch up on them this week, but yeah. We're, we're actually active on social media. Shishkin Productions is now. Sizzlereel yeah. Gang, uh, hit or miss still. Sizzlereel Gang, we're doing it the old school way. We're just <clears throat> churning out content, hoping that it hits one day. Yeah, episode so, 84. Not <laughs> not very efficient, but God damn it, are we doing it. <laughs> uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, give us a ring yeah. at... That is is a real cold cold line. (laughs) It's uh, it's the place to call, and if you call and leave a message, we will play it on the show. Um, It has been active for a very long time, and I think it's had really. I don't even know if it's received twenty calls in its history. To be honest, yeah, it's it it's fallen off lately. A lot of people just don't want to call. You know what I mean? I don't know if anyone's listening anymore. Yeah, I feel like people used to listen. I'm I'm convinced that they don't. Do you think we jumped the shark? Uh, see, this is a real jump the shark when they did uh, when they did March Madness, the first March Madness. Tournament. Oh my god! Um, no, nah, Sizzle Reel is going to get to a hundred, and then from there, we're just going to see what happens. I think uh, we do need to do the live episode though, so keep oh, yeah. keep keep a keep an ear out for that. We'll y- we'll y- talk about it more in the next couple months. Yeah, maybe maybe we go the Arrested Development route and we start just telling people, hey. Watch our show. Listen to our show. Otherwise, yeah. we're getting canceled. Yeah, that would be Come nuts. Come on, guys. Help if, us uh, out. Let's get a little social media campaign going. Yeah, we should get the uh, the owner of don't the... Don't let the sizzle fizzle. Don't let the sizzle fizzle, guys. Do not let the sizzle fizzle. And uh, tell your friends. Your job is to tell two friends this week about this podcast. And uh, then they can watch them. Subscribe to it on Spotify. <laughs> like make their phone type in sizzle real gang fucking subscribe them rate review um all right thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next week see ya Productions Podcast.